let's get it started. 65 and sunny is a nice way to start the week. I'm, I'll take it. It's a, lot, it's a little windy out there, but maybe the three of us should learn to fly kites or something. That'd be a nice little oh, pre-show it's so windy. We could, be, we could I'm telling you, away today. We should go out back at the MyTalk parking lot where there's <laughs> no cars and fly a big kite. I had covers come off my chairs getting ready to fly away. It's windy out it's, today. It's windy, mm-hmm. and the and and the world is watching Minneapolis. That's yes. true. Every news outlet is was here. they're here. Some started with it at the top of the the Derek Chauvin trial. Trial started today, today and so. it is it is on live feed. I mean, it's on all the major channels. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, yep. It, it, everything cut away at about nine thirty. Mm-hmm. So the world is watching, and and uh, it it was it was hard to watch the uh, prosecution's opening uh, statement because they played the whole nine minute and twenty nine second video and. I don't think I watched it in its entirety. I last haven't summer. either, and I didn't watch it today. It was I bet it's just, painful. Yeah, I believe it. It was very hard it. to watch. It was really hard to watch. So, yeah. um, so anyway, the world is watching, and we'll just you know see what happens, and hopefully justice is what it happens. And um, other than that, we could just move on to our weekend claims to fame. <laughs> if anyone had one, because we're not vaccinated yet we're you know in the process of getting vaccinated and so you're not your life isn't you're not like we're not like the senior citizens like i saw your mom yesterday and she's got a couple you know some of her friends are all vaccinated oh she's having a bomb oh yeah very 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 happy to be i am too and so like we're not in that crowd Mm -hmm. yet of people getting to do things but i'm going to tell you i tried to go to a couple restaurants friday night in my neighborhood packed I mean, you couldn't get in for over an hour, right? Because people are wanting to go out now. And, and it's still yeah. at 50% capacity. Yep, exactly. Yeah. For people who don't like crowds, this uh, is the next, you know, like two months is still a good time to do things not being in a crowd because everything is... Museums. All of that, you know. Yeah. Zoos. If you don't like a lot uh-huh. of people, this is this is your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a lot of tennis. I played some pickleball. Yeah. I um, cleaned out my sock drawer. I matched all my socks. clean something on Saturday with the all-day rain? I mean, oh, Rocco, yeah. did you do some... Uh... Saturday. Saturday was pretty lazy, but okay. I did. I was. I thought about you Saturday night because I wondered <gasps> if you watched the Duluth hockey game. Oh, okay. Oh, the most exciting hockey game for sure in college history and the longest and the longest what time did you turn it on what what so the gophers were supposed to start at nine and i was like oh i'm gonna watch that this is great and then i saw oh the duluth game is going to overtime and i don't know if you caught the last two minutes of the regular because that's when duluth gave up a two-goal lead in like the last minute 40 pulled the goalie north dakota pulled the goalie because they were down two goals with two minutes left in the third period they score not once, but twice. Oh. Unheard of. The game ties. Yeah. They go into, well, at first we thought UMD won because they did score the first yeah, goal. In the first overtime, they scored. Pretty what? quickly. They started celebrating. The other goalie Don't was you win that? devastated. Offsides. Yeah, <gasps> they, they went to video replay. It turns out he entered the zone without 
before the puck did by about oh, three inches. You can't ignore that. That that was that was you the right can't call. That. No, no, that was the right call. But so then it went to four more overtimes. Yeah, four, five. Who won overtimes? Who won? The Bulldogs, oh, they the, did. the defending NCAA champs, and they replaced um, their starting goalie who had fifty-seven saves out of fifty-nine shots. Jeez. Okay. They pulled him and put in the backup goalie because the goalie, Zach, uh, Zach, I don't know his last name, he was cramping. Couldn't go down anymore. And the North Dakota goalie, it just went right through his legs. He probably couldn't fall to the ice one more damn time. Wow. Because UND outshot the Bulldogs. Not by much, but about 10. And both teams, I mean, it was just... You felt for North Dakota, but it was an all-nighter. It finished uh, at 12.42 p.m. Who won the whole thing, Rocco? Well, so now it's down to the final four. Four. And three of the teams are from Minnesota, Mm -hmm. and it's not our beloved Gophers. So it's uh, it's Duluth, uh, St. Cloud, uh, Mankato, which is now known as Minnesota State. And then I think, is it UMass? Is that the fourth team? It's Bulldogs all the way. It's Bulldogs all the way. Just everybody get out of the way. It's unbelievable. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. And, it's a done deal. Yeah, so that was, and you know, the the overtime goal was, you know, as a freshman, and oh, it's just, it was just a great night of hockey. And then Casey, I know, watched a lot of women's basketball. He was keeping his eye on Paige Becker's. I watched a little, going. I, a second of it. And then I didn't know that the two Minnesota studs in the basketball tournament, Jalen Suggs, who plays for Gonzaga. And Becker's, what's her name, Paige? Paige. They're like BFFs. Yeah. And mm, how about that? That's kind of fun. And they're both like superstars. Superstars. Cool. And so it's raining and raining. And I did the thing I I was really forced to do because Casey um, refurbished our dining room with Fix the Cracks. Because we have like a... An older home. We have an old house. It's it was like built 19... Years, yeah, 1908. Mm-hmm. It's over 100 mm-hmm. years old. Or 1918. Yeah, it is. is. Oh, my Lord. I'm glad my house is older than me. Anywho. (laughs) But I digress. Just by a year or two. So he had re-spackled the ceiling and painted, and we have all this woodwork that, you know, had been painted white a a while ago, but he had to redo that. And it was like a three-week project Mm -hmm. and everything taken out of the buffet, which I am a real good, if I close the drawer or the door... You don't have to peek again. That's right, Julia. And I'm good at letting things stay where they're put. That's right. And mm-hmm. to say that I was shocked at the disarray and Casey was pulling it. Look at all this crap. Oh, and my just, gosh. So anyway, but I went through and found some treasures and got rid of some stuff and organized. And now it's not just a haphazard Here's some Christmas, Thanksgiving. Here's some cards. Here's some. It's more organized. That's yeah, always... it's more of an organized mess. So that did feel good. But I mean, I like work for six hours. I thought, no wonder I put off this job. Well, it's yeah, not always is... fun. But I, it was I, boring. I, I know. I played tennis and pickleball and then tennis. I've played a lot of that. But I have to tell you, I invited yeah. our Brittany Abrako to play pickleball, to play tennis. Oh, yeah. Um, yesterday. She's tall? Well, and can she? Yes, yeah, she's tall, but can she move? She can move. Okay, she's a beast at the net. I bet she, she was is. hysterical. She shows up, and you know she's all Gucci, and um, <laughs> she's so she was so cute. 
because we needed an extra player and it was just so sweet. And she's like, yeah, I got the fancy skirt on and she had the fancy top on oh, and wow. had a couple rackets. So anyway, the girl can hit the ball Good, and her it. serve, my word. Um, but it was so fun because she has the same energy in the tennis court that she does in the I'm studio. There, yeah. So and she's a tall woman. She, I, to trying to get, we were like, keep it away from Brittany at the net. Right. Keep it away from her because she's so tall and she could get at anything. Right. But that was super fun. All right. Uh, listen, if you need a smile today, uh, this is posted on our webpage. A mama bear getting her four cubs across a pretty busy street in Connecticut. Very it's cute. very cute. It's very heartwarming. And we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. And it involves Tina Turner. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll look at this. We all three watched the Tina Turner documentary on HBO. It was just simply called... Tina, and it was like it was her fantastic. son, simply the best. It was great. great. It was so, so great. And I don't think any of us read I, Tina, her authorized biography that Kurt Loder wrote with her cooperation. Did you ever read it, Rocco? No. So I think, you know, for someone who didn't read that docu or that book, the documentary was very eye-opening on like I didn't know that she felt abandoned by her parents, particularly her mother. I mean, did- I only knew all this because she was just profiled in Parade magazine oh. a couple months ago. So I read up on all of this kind of stuff. But yeah, she had a really she had a hard, hard life. Yeah, I also didn't know that you know the record companies were so dismissive of her after she left Ike Turner because that's the story we know up to that point, and sure. then. From the 1993 biopic, What's Love, Love Got, Got to, to Do, do with, with it? it? So we knew that part, but like how hard, you know, and Roger Davies think, you know, fought for her. But the fact that Tina Turner, as a woman who's, you know, early 40s, a black woman succeeding in a music industry and becoming the top person in the world in the mid 80s when it's dominated by guys and these kinds of bands is really quite mm-hmm. incredible when you look back on it and that she didn't like that song what's love got to do with yeah. it and that didn't was kind of that was one of it, my Rocco, what did you think yeah and it was it had been already done by some european quartet I, that that, that <laughs> footage was great <laughs> it was that like they a showed. off-brand abba yeah and it was kind of done the documentary was done if people were familiar with the um beach boys documentary so you sat down with Tina Turner and then you filled in all this footage and all these other interviews and, the and performances. The, the performances and the backgrounds and everything. Um, but that album, that was a life changer when that private dancer, when that came out in 19... 84. 84. It I was, was in everything. Hawaii. Yeah. Well, we played it over and over. It was like our anthem. Rocco, did you like it when oh, it first came well, out? I was like, you know, 12 or 13, yeah. but... I still liked I like those songs were great even though she wasn't really my jam. I remember really falling in love with her like at Live Aid. Yes. When she and was she on stage with Mick Jagger and she, and he ripped her skirt off and mm. it was super sexy and I was like wow, you know, she cuz those songs the you know, Private Dancer and What's Love Got to Do with It, that's kind of light rock. You know, I, I loved it. It was I right in my wheelhouse. I can't stop the rain. Right. You but know. when you see her in the 60s and 70s, she oh. is just a lightning bolt. She's she's unbelievable, and it made me mad all over again uh, when they showed the scene of Tina Turner with Angela Bassett for What's Love Got to Do with It. It was going to be at the Venice Film Festival, mm-hmm. and she said, 
I haven't seen it. I don't right. want to see it. It's too painful. She was asked by a, a reporter, um, have you seen the documentary? And no, the, I, the movie. movie. And she said, no, I haven't seen it. The story was actually written so I would no longer have to discuss the issue. And Angela Bassett's just got this tight oh. smile. It's kind of an awkward moment. Very awkward. She says they're doing publicity for the film. But at the same time, it's a remarkably honest answer mm-hmm. from Tina Turner. And we see in the documentary all these journalists feeling like they can get they can bring up the abuse that she suffered at Ike's hand over and over, over again. And like over. it's like it's now this is part of your identity rather than thinking this we well, can move on but it, that's sort of the treatment too that like you're not more you're not defined as much by yourself as you are by this man still is what that well, question and we talked showed. about that with the Aretha Franklin thing genius where how she was able to control her story so it wasn't about her being a this young 12 year old mother that's and everything right. we didn't know any of that but like i said Tina Turner she was defined as an abusive woman by Ike Turner. I mean, that yeah. just stayed with her always, always, but she's so much more. And it made me mad all over again that Angela Bassett did not win the Oscar for What's Love Got to Do With It, which I will stop and watch anytime I see that playing. I love that That's movie, a great movie because the performance. She and- won a Golden Globe. No, but she- Holly Hunter for the piano won the Oscar. Now, how many times have you watched piano? Once. That's the theater. It, but it was very powerful that one time no. I saw it. No. <laughs> so it was. You know, and I I guess, you know, that was the other uh thing too in, in watching this documentary is that how close and how accurate of course she did cooperate with the movie, but about her leaving Ike mm-hmm. at, in Dallas, running across oh, the freeway in the white almost suit. Almost getting hit by a truck. Right. Very vivid. Not having a credit card to check Nothing. into the right. remote. Right down to the scene with the manager. I'm Tina Turner and she's all beat up. And right. I mean, that was like, whoa, she did, uh, co- you know, she was. She cooperated in the With the movie. Yeah. So she just said she was hoping she wouldn't have to talk about it. And, and we basically find out at the end of the th- the documentary in her. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Husband says her going, making this documentary, having the musical, and they showed, remember when she and Oprah and, her, and then... Um, 
her husband were yep. walked the, walked red, the carpet red carpet a couple years ago. Musical. Yep. And because she, she's been private, because she had a stroke in 2013, right. she had to learn how to walk again in 20. But they see. didn't address any of that. But but just so people know, she had a stroke in 2013. Right. But I mean, it wasn't in there, so this has right. been in the works. So that was a deliberate thing. But I love that she lives in this beautiful place, and she's so happy with Ernest. She's a know, Buddhist. Her husband. Well, when I think back, Rocco, in 2008, I think that was the year she was at the Target Center, and we took Mom and Annie Catherine. Oh. I taught so, you girls how to upgrade your okay. tickets. <laughs> so we all go on the floor at the Target Center, and my mom and Annie Catherine, Annie Catherine's half the size of me and a foot shorter. Mm-hmm. It's my mom's sister. And I, those two gals yeah. were so delighted yes. that night. My Remember? mom saw that 2008 tour because my brother was like, we was might not. sold out. It was sold out. Sold out worldwide, kind of one of the older women right. on tour that could sell out stadiums and so everything. Great. And mm-hmm. I... I I We're had about Tina Turner. I had two hundred dollars in cash, Rocco, and I had my printout of the Target Center. Oh right, <laughs> and, this is your move. And uh, I went out to the scalpers, and I traded our row, you know, section one twenty five to the main floor for two hundred dollars and those tickets. And oh. uh, your mom and Auntie oh. Catherine were so impressed. Nice and just. Their joy. That was an amazing show. It really. It it made me so happy to watch that. To watch Aretha this last week, and then to see this Tina documentary. And even though, you know, they didn't talk about race or anything, because you know, to think of where she, how she grew up, and everything that's happened to her. But she just didn't want to have that be part of the story of this documentary. I he talks a lot about forgiveness too. Very much so. I Kurt Loader. I had no idea he was that much older than. Than me back in the day. I don't he, even know who that is. He's the guy who kept talking from it looked like a ballroom. Right. The he MTV was like a Rolling guy. Stone writer who oh, eventually got it, became got it. like MTV news okay. guy. And he wrote I Tina with yes, her. Got it, got he it. was her writer. So was, I like, you know, the people that were talking, you know, on camera uh, and cheering. Uh, I wish they would have had. Uh, Mick Jagger talking about it when she taught Oh, that'd be fun to talk about Live Aid, yeah. Mm -hmm. And And she taught him to dance, yeah. In the 60s. Boy, it's it's so fun to watch this old footage. And then to see her headline like a stadium in Rio and playing in front of 180,000 people. Yeah. And sounding amazing. Amazing. And her body and the chainmail mini dresses. Don't you remember I was her for Halloween? Oh, yeah. And work approved me getting the wig and everything. Yeah, I remember. I still have. I did at the costume stop downtown St. Paul, and I still have that red dress and the wig. Yeah. She's. She was everything, yeah. but she still is. But she really has been a fighter. Since, I'm just saying the health part that she doesn't right. want you to know. She had a stroke, had to learn how to walk again in 2013. She had intestinal cancer. She had a kidney transplant. She's been really struggling with health stuff. So that's why she's been so private. Got it. And didn't want to do a lot of things. Well, it makes me want to go to Broadway and see Tina Turner, no kidding. the musical. Yeah. Is that going to come back at post-COVID? It will come back. It okay. got shut down. It had been on Broadway for like a year and very good reviews unlike the share well, right and we all know why that one didn't work out <laughs> listen to a past show all right we'll be back i'm glad she didn't turn down this song oh man how many times did i sing but it was funny this. to see the uh bubblegum pop group of the yeah, app i'll have to look those guys up yeah that was hysterical i was just like what okay do you guys remember who lorraine newman was from saturday night live yes yes okay she was a conehead True. Yes. Okay. She was like the, she the was daughter. way back 
Them. Way back at the very, very beginning, um, Dan Aykroyd was the other conehead. So she has a new book out, okay? And um, no, I think I think she has, the book has been out. It's a new audio book. Maybe oh, it's just okay. new to audio. Maybe she's added to her yeah. story. Because I bet she, I bet all these SNL people have stories to tell. Oh my gosh. And it's called, you, uh, May You Live in Inter- Interesting Times. So she tells a story about back when her boyfriend's name was Mark. Is it Mothersbaugh? The the From Devo. Yeah, the lead singer okay. of Devo. That was her boyfriend. Okay. Think of all the great people. Like if you were single, like the SNL love life. Every week, it's a rotating new crop. I knew of, you would find a way to of, look at of, it like musical that. guests and hosts. You know what I mean? That must. And then they always have the parties. Ah, oh, fun. So here she is. She and um, her boyfriend Mark are out at a restaurant. And um, she had scarfed down a few hot dogs earlier, and they then they went to this restaurant, and they were sitting down after this comedy show they saw or something. And so in the restaurant, there's no one really in the restaurant but her and the lead single, singer of Devo and Prince and one of his pals. Okay. So she is extremely, she is just feeling it, feeling the hot dog processing through her body. And feeling excited and to see Prince? excited to see Prince. And, and her what stomach, year is this? Do we this think? is, oh. Like eight, mid-80s or something? Um, yeah. Okay. I would, I would say. And mm-hmm. so she was just kind of going crazy. And she's, um, her stomach starts to inflate. She's feeling really gassy. Her tummy starts to look like a basketball. And she is in excruciating pain. And is she talking to him? No, she's talking oh. to her boyfriend. Okay. And her boyfriend is just says, offered to pay her $10 for every fart she admitted in the bathroom. Okay. okay? And she says, um, I try, nothing comes out, and I'm in this pain. My stomach is just growing, and I can't even breathe. And we're here we're alone in this restaurant. The only other people are Prince and this other person. It's kind of quiet. So she comes up, and Prince gets up to leave, and he passes their table and says, hey, you know, to Mark and her. And at the time it happened, it was slow motion. It's trauma. It was just complete trauma for her. Oh, no. Did she just and Prince fire? is waving at Mark. Mark's waving at him as this passes by. And just like that, I tip over and let out the lardest fart of my entire <laughs> existence. <laughs> <laughs> loudest and lardest. That's loud and large. Fart of my entire life. And it's as loud as a foghorn. Oh, no. Yeah, right. Because you know, it's you, been muffled. It's, it's been, been muffled trying to get and out. she's trying to get it out. And she said she was so embarrassed by the tooting that she just closed her eyes like an ostrich and sunk her head down into the table oh, no. and died. And she was too ashamed to see what Prince's reaction was going to be to this loud, loud <laughs> right. sound. Um, I look over at Mark, and there are tears just running down his face. He's laughing so hard. He takes out $100 bills and puts them on the table because he's going to pay her $10 for every one. Can you even imagine? (laughs) Can you just even imagine? We've all had a blow fart. But you wouldn't want to fart in front of Prince. No. That would be one that would be really super uncomfortable. Absolutely not. I mean. That's funny. Now that makes me want to listen to her book. I know. Well, she's a funny one. She was always kind of funny. Very, and yeah. she was and she really didn't have a huge comedy career post SNL. No, like, like maybe Jean, Jane Curtin, did right? Who had Gilda. the talk show, right? Kate Nally, right. which we loved, which we show. loved, and Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana, you know, and all those other people did have Gilda Radner. They had bigger names, well, but anyway, be, the I fart mean, in front of parent, Prince. Uh, to me, Maya Rudolph on SNL oh. this weekend. I mean, she is a comic sketch. genius. 
comedy genius. She really yeah. is. She is because the show was okay. They had like I thought that the um the 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 cold open which was snatched, vaxxed, or waxed, yes. like the dating game. <laughs> well, that's like Mary did or dumb. Yeah. Snatched, vaxxed, vaxxed or waxed. waxed. Okay, so, that's funny. It was. That's so funny. It was all like uh, people at Miami In Beach. In Miami, and she okay. was CC something, something. She just can do voices and characters mm. and musicals. So she's genius. She made that sketch everything. And then we posted this. She did a spot on Beyonce cover of Beyonce in her Grammys outfit with the black gloves and the gold tips and that dress. The gold fingernails, right. And she's doing the... Um, and the, the hair. Yeah, the hair, mm-hmm. exactly. And she has done Beyonce before. Sure. She's very good. And I bring her up with Prince because of the SNL and Maya Rudolph has a Princess the cover band. She, she does, she, yeah. yeah. So she's doing this this thing where they have on YouTube the eat, celebrities eating hot chicken wings. Yes, this is a thing. This is Brittany thing. wanted us to do this. Yes. Yeah. They have this, the names of the hot sauces were pretty funny. So, <laughs> what were they? Oh. One was Hitler's anus. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was so <laughs> funny. We posted that. If you didn't get okay. to see that, uh, her doing that. But, uh, you know, spot on impersonation and sweating and wanting to have her wig removed and Keenan's the hairdresser, yeah. but her publicist well, comes out and says, really? no, you can't do it. Take a look at it. It's absolute comedy gold. And Martin Short played her husband, oh. Doug, in in a, some Kamala hair, some kind of, you know, political sketch. He just turned 70 last week. Oh, well, they were just darling. And then that Adam Levine came along to write on Jack Harlow's coattails in an oversized coat and Did real. you see his big leg tattoo? That oh, he's he so, like put a he he's like, so painful. He poured like black paint on his leg and is calling it a tattoo. Yeah, he's just pain. He gives me <laughs> he gives me blow fire. I love his very first songs about Jane, his very first balloon. Yeah, yeah, that what was that called? Jane's addiction? No, no, that's Songs a band. about Jane. Something Maroon about five. Jane. Something about Jane. That album That's good. Was is pretty darn good. That's the last time I liked. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Well, yeah, well, who was the musical guest? Was it on? Jack Harlow? Yeah, it was not. I don't even him. know who you that know? is. He's a rapper. Yeah, white guy rapper, right? Yeah. yeah, I, I, he was okay, you know. But when Adam came out, I just fast forwarded it, you know. And then they had the drunk awards, and Cecily Strong does a great drunk person. But yeah. it, you know, and a good weekend update. So half yep. the show was good. That's yeah, pretty good for them because yeah. that show never hits on hundred percent all cylinders. Speaking of shows, notice they waited until we were off the air six oh two p.m. to release the news. CBS that Sharon Osbourne has quit the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, should we hear from yeah, CBS this morning? Mm-hmm. Because on Friday, Sharon had let it be known to several sources that she felt Gail King had a personal vendetta with CBS to get her out. Oh, for crying out loud. Oh, I know it. The talk has been on hiatus for two weeks following a heated discussion on March 10th between co-host Sharon Osbourne and Cheryl Underwood. During the discussion about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, Osbourne came to the defense of her friend and former host of Good Morning Britain, Piers Morgan. Morgan has been accused of making racist statements about Markle and said he didn't believe anything she said during the couple's sit-down interview with Oprah. Cheryl Underwood asked Osborne about standing by a friend who is accused of racism. Osborne said she didn't understand why Morgan's comments were considered racist and ultimately told Underwood, don't try to cry. If anyone should be crying, it should be me. 
After the episode aired, Osborne apologized on Twitter, quote, to anyone of color that I offended and or to anyone that feels confused or let down by what I said. Former co-hosts Holly Robinson-Pete and Leah Remini have since accused Osborne of racist and homophobic behavior. Osborne denies those allegations. CBS launched an internal investigation, and on Friday, they revealed Osborne would not be returning to the talk and released a statement saying, as part of our review, we concluded that Sharon's behavior toward her co-host during the March 10 episode did not align with our values for a respectful workplace. The network also said during the hiatus, they have been coordinating workshops, listening sessions, and training about equity, inclusion, and cultural awareness for the hosts, producers, and crew. Okay, that's good, Reco. So, you know, what's interesting about all of that mm-hmm. is that Sharon's high-powered lawyer did negotiate for her to say she quit. Yes. That is yes. that was a negotiation kind of a thing. And then CBS said that that particular conversation, but when the co-host Elaine Wentelroth complained on that March 10th, they just said, I'm sick of it. There's so right. much that's been going on. Behind that's the when, scenes. That's when they launched the investigation. investigation. Yep. And uh, I had forgotten, and Nina Parker, who's on E's Nightly Pop, and she mm-hmm. does the fashion stuff with Yeah, I've Brad, seen her. She said that she found out what Sharon was saying when she was being bleeped out in the live version of that show on March 10th, when Sharon stated, listen, I'm a bleeping Jew, okay? How can I be racist about anybody? They took that out of oh, like what, what we said. saw. Okay. That was in the live thing. And so, you know, uh, talk show Karen uh, might have gotten to said that she's leaving, but, um, and she's also leaking that she's going to get a five to $10 million payout. Well, she's, she's highly litigious. She said she's going to sue Leah Remini and Holly Robinson Pete, but CBS found their, Complaints because apparently they complained at the time that to Sharon HR called them someone, ghetto yeah. and other things. Right. And they also had the footage of Sharon Osbourne uh, two years ago weighing in on Meghan Markle or three and a half years ago when she yeah. first started dating Harry that the royal family uh, would accept Meghan because while she was black, she didn't look black. Do you think the show's going to make it? She said yeah. that. Oh, it'll be it'll be better. I still Do you think, think it'll come sh- back. Yeah, it's coming back April 12th. Oh, okay. Who are they going to replace her I with? would bet Sarah Gilbert, who's we'll still producer, back. will yeah. come back on it until they figure it out. But I'll just say this. Uh, you know, racism is not the uh, is, is a terrible hill to die on. And Sharon was so busy lecturing. And uh, think about her saying that. I'm a bleeping Jew. How could mm-hmm. I be racist? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just uh, tr- uh, trouble all the way around. And... She did not get let go, uh, you know, because of the woke police or anything. It's called accountability. It's and her own behavior. It's and her, her own, own actions. Yeah. And I believe that she would be harsh. Oh, she well, would. We know that from the Osbournes. Yeah. We, and I know it from her daughter. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that everyone is, you know, that there are different people saying, oh, well, you know, Sharon is leaving because of the woke police and free speech and all of that. No, Sharon was defending somebody from a position that she couldn't defend him from. And the fact is, is that if you look at anything Pierce Morgan has said in the last three and a half years mm-hmm. about Meghan Markle, it's racist and misogynistic 
without question. Right. So she was defending him. I know him. And if I like him. You should too. You should too. Mm-hmm. And if I say he's not a racist. He's not. He's not. And if he is a racist, you, black woman, tell me. I mean, she was. I hope CBS doesn't have to pay her anything. I really right. do. And But she's leaking like a sieve. Yep. She leaked to page uh, mm-hmm. six that she was getting $10 million when you read the story. Five a to ten, says maybe. five yeah. to ten. Yeah. Is she going to sue? Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Well, good riddance, good riddance. But I, but I agree. I think that she could have handled that so differently, and it would have been such she a different. She could have just outcome. owned it. Yep, owned it, lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Will she end up on Sharon! Dancing with the Stars? Sharon, <laughs> hasn't she already been on? That? No, Kelly has, Kelly has, but not Sharon. Okay, what are that's the right. Kelly was on it. Come on, people. All right, we'll be right back. Spiritual, slightly seventies song, but who sang it? I have no idea. But you know it, right? Screw it in the sky. Grand Funk Railroad. That's no. my guess. All right, good one. Norman, is that who it is? Norman oh. Greenbaum. Oh, Norman. Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I gave you an update on the iTunes Top 20 as a barometer, and it was a lot of comfort music. Sure. Music from This Is Us, the one bread song, I would give anything Thanks. I own, give up For my you. life, my heart, The 1970s my band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was in This Is Us. So there were all these sort of like comfort food songs. Bridge Over Troubled Waters, probably. Sorry, uh, Garfunkel. Well, uh, last week uh, we had, yes, Little Nas X, the Montero, the little... Um, mermaid wood merman which I some didn't people like were calling song. satan but that's number one oh, wow. on itunes and justin bieber is somewhere Peaches. in the top 10 yeah and uh but this song spirit in the sky is yeah. in the top 10 zombie the cranberry song from 1994 is in the top 10 fleetwood max dreams which has literally ninety thousand lives is back in the top 10 wow and summer of 69 which is a 1984 hit from Brian Adams. And then uh, a couple of Tina Turner songs and some Aretha songs. I'm waiting for me and Bobby McGee to come back. Well, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, is it a surge of nostalgic? It, it, nostalgia? Is it, uh, we're hearing some of this music in like some of the maybe shows that we're watching well, that I are think, period pieces or right. time capsules of a time. Well, I, I, we started seeing music being more as a, used more as a character. I know Fargo, I know Big Little Lies used it. You know, some of these soundtracks that we're hearing are coming from television and not from movies where they traditionally used to come from. Right. So we started seeing some of these songs come back that way. I absolutely love, I love it when they find some good old music that we don't hear. You know, because some of the new music, it's it's so profane, you can't hear it. First of all, it can't be used in programs because there's so much profanity. Yeah. Well, you and I were playing a lot, or I was playing a lot of Aretha last week, just rediscovering so many of her songs. But also, um, watching Aretha and then watching Tina on Saturday night, then Casey and I watched the Muscle Shoals documentary, which Donnie bugged us. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that one, too. Tell us what Muscle Shoals even is and why. So it's referenced in the Aretha Franklin documentary. And I guess the what it is is, well, Muscle Shoals is is a town in Alabama on a river. It's about 8,000 people. And this guy, Rick Hall, from an early, early age, 
wanted to be in the music business and he ends up building this. If you've ever been to Memphis and gone to Sun's studio, you know, it's tiny. Okay. Okay. These studios are not necessarily big. Right. I mean, and so Muscle Shoals, he he builds his studio. What a great name. Yeah. And that's the name of the town. This recording studio is called like Fame or something. But he ends up recruiting just these guys that, you know, live around the town to be in the band. And they end up being the band that, you know, Aretha Franklin recorded with, recorded with because Jerry Wexler. Yes, and got it, got it. He recorded Percy Sledge, When a Man Loves a Woman. So you'd have recording studios that would record things and then chop it to music labels. Got it. And he had, the, there's this sound and... I mean, Mick Jagger's in it, and Keith Richards, and Percy Sledge, Aretha's in it. It's like an hour and a half, and but it it's came worth out it? in 2013. It's, if you're a music fan, it's like, I should have listened to Donnie. It's an absolute <laughs> must Okay. See. And then the West Coast version of your studio session musicians. So yes, the stars would come in. Record, it's called The Wrecking Crew. All right, got it. And I haven't seen that either. Rocco, have you seen that? Uh, the which one? The wrecking. The crew? wrecking crew. Uh, I've seen bits of that one, yeah, because they that was kind of the uh, uh, precursor to this muscle show. What was the Phil Spector and Brad right, Wilson right, and that right. sort of stuff? And all those studio musicians. But it was so cool because Aretha Franklin she participated in this, and she talks about what I'm going to this tiny town. I've always recorded in New York. Sure. What the hell? Backwoods, Alabama. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of an interesting. Um, walk down musical memory lane and this Rick Hall guy was just a character and he just died a couple of years ago. So, um, but yeah, these guys, it's all these white guys, the drums, the horns, everything, they're just there and they're something about the river, the town, there's a sound and a feeling and you're in this tiny little, and nobody knows who these rock and roller, mm-hmm. these people are. They don't know who they are. You know, so totally cool. Yeah, so that was kind of that was kind of cool. Well, while you were watching that, I was watching um, Country Strong. Oh, Country, no, the one not, with Eddie yeah. Cibrian and it's Catherine not, McPhee. It's called Country Comfort. Comfort. Yes. Okay, so it's Sounds a like half a an drink. hour. I, I'm telling you what, if you, I sent it to a couple people. If you're looking for just comfort TV, it's on Netflix. It launched a couple weeks ago. I think we just talked about it, but it was Eddie Cibrian, Catherine McPhee. The kids are dynamite in it, and it's... Um, is he a she widow? Ends, he's a widow. She ends widower. up... Widower. She ends up in the rain, out of a job, boyfriend dumps her, and she's a musician. And he lands in this house. They think she's coming to apply to be the nanny. Oh. And the rest happens from there. It's really sweet. Oh, good. It has some moments. Does Eddie have a hit? Did you see Leanne Rimes show up? I didn't see her. Then she might be... You know, a couple episodes in. No, but I watched, I thought I watched the whole thing. I could have fallen asleep at the very end. Maybe I have to go back and catch a few, but it's, it's very. He makes an appearance singing with Catherine McPhee. Like, did I miss that? All right. Well, whatever. I thought I watched them all, but I can go back. It's very good. Okay, good. It's cute. And the kids are cute. And there's one of the, the littlest girl has timing, great comedic timing, kind of like a Mary Kate Nashley did when they got a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's a cute All show. Right. Rocco, did you watch anything cute, cute? I think I just good? watched a lot of sports, you yeah. know, basketball and hockey, hockey this weekend, yeah. Yeah. And you watched Tina. I did. And I just was going down the rabbit hole of that. Did you know that Private Dancer was written by Dire Straits' Mark Knopfler? I did I had not no know idea. I did not know that either. Yeah. And and uh, I had no idea that, um, like, when she met 
Ernst, the man who became her husband, that he was 30 and she was like 46. And she said that I had never been loved before. She'd never felt loved. She felt a little bit loved when she first met Ike and she was Mm -hmm. 17 Mm -hmm. and he was kind of like an uncle to her and Mm -hmm. really sweet and kind. She didn't have any love. That's like sad. A long time. So they, they do seem very happy together. Very. And oh, um, isn't that the sweetest? What a great comment to yeah, say about someone. I wow. know. Lovely. So I, I hope that uh, I'm fine with her saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what she wants. That's good. She never has to talk about this crap again. No kidding. All right. Stay with us. We'll be back.